I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to preach to you this morning on a, a man who was a, a, really a first responder. You don't hear a lot about him. His name is unusual. His name is Onesiphorus. I shared with the early service, y'all almost heard a strange sermon this morning. My phone, um, I don't know if any of y'all use the voice to text or voice to note, but um, my phone doesn't understand me very well. I think it's probably my Georgia roots that come out. And um, when I've tried to say Onessa Forrest, it doesn't understand the Bible either, apparently. And y'all almost heard a sermon this morning on Vanessa Forrest. <laughs> so I'm not sure who Vanessa Forrest is, but... Then it translated it into one sip Horace. I said, that sounds like a nickname for a cow hand that can't hold his liquor. I'm not real sure. I can't preach on that. But Onesiphorus, is this, this is the only place in Scripture that you're going to find his name. He is a man who lives up to his name. His name means to bring advantage or to bring a blessing. He is a blessing bringer to Paul. And as we think about this passage this morning, I want you to see, first of all, the, the ministry of being a blessing bringer. What does this look like? What is this, what is this ministry? The model for it that we see in Jesus Christ, but then the message that this brings to us, the message of the gospel. I want you to follow along as I read. I'm going to begin reading in verse 15. This thou knowest, this is Paul writing to Timothy, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest, very well. I want you to imagine this morning that you're the Apostle Paul. Paul is in a dark, damp prison in the city of Rome. He's living under a crazed emperor by the name of Nero. The city of Rome has burned, and so there's an easy target for Nero to blame, and so he blames the Christians. Paul, being a prominent preacher of the gospel, is thrown into prison. It's just a matter of days probably, at least at most weeks or months before Paul will be put to death. Paul is by himself. What a way to end a faithful ministry. What a way to end a life of faithful service to God and to others, preaching the gospel, meeting the needs of others, and now here he is by himself alone in a prison cell. The door of the prison opens and Paul perhaps expects that it's one of the guards come to take him to the chopping block. He knows that that's coming. But instead of the harsh face of a Roman soldier, he sees the smiling face of one of his friends from the city of Ephesus, this man, Onesiphorus. And Onesiphorus is in the city of Rome for some reason. He's there probably on business. He didn't come for Paul, but he's watching and he's alert and he knows that Paul is there. And so he finds Paul and he brings that which will meet Paul's needs. 
He's there to bind up his wounds. He's there to bring him perhaps a warmer cloak so that he doesn't get cold at night. He's there to bring him some food to enjoy and there to refresh him, there to bless him. Onesiphorus' name means one, it's bringing advantage or bringing blessing. And he does this for the Apostle Paul. If we look at this ministry of being a blessing bringer, if you think about it, in a lot of ways, Onesiphorus is like a, a first responder. He's on watch for needs. He's there listening, just as many of you, as you serve, you're there listening. You're waiting for the need to arise, and you're ready. Some of our friends that weren't able to be here this morning because an emergency came up, they're watching for those opportunities to serve our community. They're watching for where the need is going to arise. But Onesiphorus isn't just watching. He isn't just alert. He does this without any recognition or any concern over Paul's exterior situation. He's not concerned that Paul... He, Paul says, Onesiphorus was not ashamed of my chain. He could have been embarrassed to go because of the situation that he was in. But our service for others rises above the situation that they are in. If we think about the parable that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan, he did not allow the man's exterior to prevent him from serving. And so he's watching and he sees Paul and he goes and he's not ashamed of his chain. But Paul says other things about this. He also says that he oft refreshed me. He did it over and over. He didn't just do it one time. And he came not just to Rome, but he says, you remember what he did when I was in Ephesus. Timothy is pastoring in Ephesus. And he remembers when Paul came there and preached that Onesiphorus has a history. He's done this for years. This is nothing new. This is something about his nature. This is something about his character. This says something about who he is, that he sees the needs of others and he serves for those needs. He's a, he's a great example of what you men and women do for our communities that you serve and you see these needs and you go to where the needs are and you're, you're putting your life at expense to meet those needs. That's the ministry of being a blessing bringer. Onesiphorus came, and there's another word here that I would point you to, and that is he ministered to Paul. The word minister has the idea of serving, even doing the unpleasant tasks. Very often you may be called upon to, to serve and to help someone and what you're called upon to do is not necessarily something you would enjoy doing. You're called to do a, a task of service and yet that's what you do. That's, that's what we honor today. But this isn't limited to just those who this is their calling, their vocation. This is ministry that each one of us can be involved in. It's ministry that we can see the needs in our communities. We can see the needs around us. And let me tell you, there are, are many needs around us. We don't have to look very far to see those who have less than we do, those who are hurt, those who are in danger, those who have great burdens that they're carrying. And we have the privilege, we have the opportunity to reach out, not just today as we seek to come alongside our first responders and encourage them and refresh them, but we have the opportunity every single day to see within our community, to see needs, to see things that we can meet. Every one of us has been gifted with abilities, possessions, talents, knowledge that we can use to serve 
our communities, to serve those around us. One of the ways in which we are seeking to do this and expand what Central has done for years to expand what we are doing is through what we're calling our core groups. You've heard some of that mentioned, and you'll hear more about it in the weeks ahead as we, as we share more details. But we're dividing our region into our area into six different regions. Within each of these regions where we have folks who are regular attenders and members, we're having, we'll have a, a leader who will oversee that area and identify needs, working with our local ministries, working with our local agencies, working with our local civic groups to identify and coordinate opportunities for service, opportunities for ministry. We want to have as many people serving as many people as possible. You'll hear more information as these leaders reach out to the folks in their community. For this opportunity that's not just meeting a need in our community, it's meeting a need in us. It's part of our responsibility as followers of Christ to serve, to be what Anesiphorus was, to be the blessing bringers. And it's opportunities for us to serve and connect and to do it in a gospel-centered way and to be able to reach out and then fellowship together as we do it. I think back to at our student camp back in, in July when our students came together to, to package meals for those in other countries and the, the camaraderie and the spirit and the joy that they experienced and they had as they served others, served God by serving others and doing it together. And so the opportunity will be there. Several weeks ago when we took our spiritual wellness checkup, many people one of, the, one of the top things that people put no on was having an opportunity to serve. And we want to not just stand back and tell you, you need to be serving. We want to give you the opportunities to do that and do it in a way that communicates the gospel and do it in a way that blesses our community. Daniel wrote that we are to seek the peace of our city, seek the peace of our community. That is what we desire. That's what, that is a way that we can be blessing bringers to look around and see the needs of those around us. Another way that we have the opportunity to do this is with our upcoming revival services, to be a spiritual blessing bringer, to invite those who have never heard the gospel, our friends and our family and our coworkers, to come and to hear the gospel, to go to where they are, to see that their greatest need their greatest need is Jesus. And to invite them to come and hear Clark Bosher preach the gospel and hear the gospel message. That's the, that's the greatest need of all. And we have that opportunity. You're sitting here, many of you are sitting here this morning, and maybe you haven't yet invited someone. You haven't begun to pray for someone to bring to our services, to bring to revival. And you can begin now as the Holy Spirit brings a face to your mind or a name to your mind that you know needs Jesus. What a privilege it is to be an Onesiphorus to a person that needs Jesus, to get to go to where they are and share the gospel with them or bring them to a place where they can hear the gospel. That's our ministry of being a blessing bringer. And it's a ministry that's a powerful ministry because of the model of it. Who are we modeling when we serve others? We're not modeling Onesiphorus. We're modeling Jesus. We're modeling the one who saw our need, left where he was, came to where we are. He sought us out. Like the shepherd 
seeking out the one sheep that is lost. And he came to where we are, and he gave of himself sacrificially so that we could have what we needed in salvation. And that is what the ministry reflects. That is when we serve, we are reflecting what Jesus did. Jesus came to where we are. We have the privilege to model and manifest the actions of Jesus. Think about that with me just for a moment. What a, what a privilege that is. Whether it is in your vocation that you're called to serve the community, whether it's meeting the needs of a neighbor just as an individual, whether it's working through a local ministry or a local charity, in those ways, as, as we as believers meet the needs of others, we are modeling what Jesus has done for us. Aren't you glad for what Jesus has done in our hearts? Aren't you glad that he left the throne of heaven to come to where we are? Imprisoned over sin, imprisoned by sin, and he came to where we are to free us, to liberate us, so that we can then demonstrate that same grace to others. I don't know about you, but I am glad for the day that Jesus Christ came to this earth The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Great is the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. He came to where we are because of our need. Not because we deserved it. Not because we loved him. But because he first loved us. And I want you to know this morning that he loves you where you are right now. And he loves you so much that Jesus came to this earth and he died on the cross to pay for our sins so that we could be restored, so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be restored to a relationship with God. That's how much he loved us. So when we are giving of ourselves, we're not doing it so we'll raise our estimation in the community. We're not doing it to get praise or a pat on the back. We're doing it because it manifests the grace of God to give to those that are undeserving, to give to those who are imprisoned by sin. Jesus came to where we were. He did not mind our condition. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man, Philippians chapter 2 says. He came to meet our needs with his grace and his mercy. And I'm glad that he oft, he oft refreshes us. How many of you, God's done something for you since you've been saved, since you trusted Christ? Has he done anything for you? A few of you? God does stuff for us every single day. God told me several years ago, he said, I don't know, I don't know about this Jesus stuff. God's never done anything for me. I said, can you say that again? Because every time you speak words, you're using breath that God gave to you. God is God oft refreshes us. And I'm glad that when we live in the world that we live in, and there are burdens and we're concerned and there are pressures and there are things that weigh on our hearts and minds every single day and burdens that we're not suited to carry by ourselves, I'm glad that God's Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and he oft refreshes us. He oft brings that renewed spirit of encouragement. That is, that is what the oft-refreshed means. It means to give, to restore to a state of encouragement after a time of anxiety and pressure. 
Now, I know none of y'all experience any anxiety or pressures or anything. We're, you know, that 8 o'clock crowd, man, they were, they were burdened out of their heads. But I know y'all have never experienced anything like that. But just in case you ever do, I want you to know that God has given to us his Holy Spirit who is called the encourager, the comforter, who comes alongside of us in our time of need and he oft refreshes us. That's the, that's the model of being a blessing bringer. But the message of being a blessing bringer is the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is, is that we are all sinners. Every one of us is born a sinner. And every one of us, just as soon as we're born, you know what we start doing? We start sinning just as soon as we can. And every one of us stands guilty before God. But God in his love, God in his justice demands that there has to be some payment for sin. But God in his grace and mercy provides Jesus as the payment for that sin. He provides his own son and Jesus came to this earth and he died on the cross and he rose from the dead to provide for us salvation so that when you and I place our faith in him, we can have our sins forgiven, we can have a place in heaven assured, and we are restored to a personal relationship with our creator, with God. That's the blessed message of this. Do you see it in the passage? Notice his first request in verse 16. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus. That's mercy now. That's kindness in time of need. Paul knows that Onesiphorus, just like he's ministering to Paul, there's going to come a time when Paul, when Onesiphorus is going to be in a time of need. And he says, I'm asking for God to give him mercy. But here's the more important request. In verse 18, the Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. What does he mean by in that day, in that day of trouble? No, if you go back up in the previous verses, Paul's talking about the day when we will all stand before God. And he's praying that Onesiphorus receives that mercy. I love what the great writer Matthew Henry said, if you would have mercy then, you need to seek mercy now. And what is the mercy? It is the mercy of God in offering us salvation through Jesus Christ. I'll tell you this morning, There's many things in this life that you can do that are good deeds, but not one good deed will get you into heaven. Only trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior will get you into heaven. You see, all of us were sinking down. I love the old old hymn. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But... The master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters, lifted me, now safe am I. Love, love lifted me. I am glad that God's love reached down to where I was and he lifted me out of sin. A number of years ago, I heard an evangelist tell of going to a person's home for a meal. He was preaching a revival in a church and he was invited to go and to, um, to visit with the family and have a meal before the service. The man invited him. He said, while my wife is finishing the meal, would like for you to step out onto the backyard here. I want to show you something. And so he stepped out, and the man had a number of hunting dogs that he had trained, and he was really gifted at 
training these dogs and he turned some of them loose and he would call commands and the dogs would halt or they would move or they would turn or they would run which direction he wanted them to. And it was just an amazing display that these these dogs were putting on. And the, the evangelist said that as he was standing there watching, he noticed that as one of the dogs, the man's prized dog, ran down the yard to the far end of the yard and he called a command and the dog wheeled to turn and come back to him. And as he wheeled, the dog disappeared just like that. And so they went running down to the other end of the yard to see what was going on. And the man, someone had been looking and checking into his septic tank. And they had left the lid off the septic tank. And when that dog ran down to the end of that yard and turned, that dog dropped right into that septic tank. Now, y'all know what goes on. Y'all are aware. I know we know septic tanks and... I don't know about y'all. If it had been me, that would have been bye-bye puppy at that point. I just put the lid back on. I like dogs and cats and most human animals, but um, I, I just, you know, that's, that's disgusting. Some of y'all can see it on your face now. I can't believe he told that from the pulpit. But that man didn't put the lid back on that. The man sent his son to bring a ladder. And he brought that ladder and he put it down in that hole, down into that septic tank, down into all that was down in there. And he went down that ladder. That dog's down there floundering around, stirring everything up. That wonderful aroma rising from the hole. But the man got down into where that dog was. And he put his arms around that dog, gathered it in, and he climbed out. And he brought that dog out of that pit and he cleaned him up. I want to tell you that this is exactly what Jesus does for us. We're lost in sin. We're floundering. Our lives feel like they're just there's no purpose to them. There's no point to them. We may look good on the outside. We may look like we're just a good... We've got it all together, but on the inside, we know better. We know we don't have it all together. And Jesus came to where we were, and he wrapped his arms around us, and he brought us out of that pit, and he cleans us up. That's the message of this story. This is the message of one who comes to where we are, and he meets our needs, and he brings us back into fellowship with himself. I don't know this morning if you know Jesus as your Savior, but I want you to know that you can make sure this morning you can know for sure. You can know for sure that your sins are forgiven, that you're on your way to heaven, and that you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, I pray this morning that you will speak to our hearts, to those of you, those of us who know you. Father, I pray that you will give us a burden to be a blessing bringer. And Lord, I pray this morning that if there's one here that does not yet know you as their Savior, that this will be the day when they'll step out from where they are, they'll walk down this aisle and have one of our pastors can... Take the word of God and show them how they can know you in a personal way. To have a relationship with their creator. To be forgiven of their sins. And to be assured a place in heaven with you. Father, I pray that you will speak to those of us who do know you. Father, burden us for the needs around us. Help us to be alert. Help us to not get so caught up in our busyness that we miss the people around us with the deepest needs. And Father, I pray that you will speak to 